0: And joining me, as always, he puts the dude bro in Dude Perfect, Mr. Jordan Wahlberger. Jordan, what's up?
1: Hey, man. It's great to see you. It's great to uh, talk UFC 277. And while, Eddie, you were there with Submission Stew, while you were in the second row at UFC 277 in Dallas, Texas, I was at Dude Perfect at the Moody Center on Saturday night. Second row? No, No, I was on the fourth row off the floor. Cheap, but cheapskate. it was uh, I wasn't like the nice club though. We had VIP. We had, we took pictures with the uh, the dude perfect guys. We got some merch and uh, it was a good time. Well, nice. Let me, uh, uh did they did they miss any trick shots? They I mean, so it's interesting cuz you're wondering like what are they going to do, right? They have a I lot. Have no you know, clue. And so they do like tur- tournaments, they do like stuff against each other. And so there was some shots that were missed, but there was never like a setup where like we are going to make this shot right and oh, we missed it. Like it was in the sense of, like, competition. And so, yeah, they missed some oh. shots. But it was – I mean, it was actually – it was a fun – it was a good two hours. They had an intermission in between. But overall, I mean, it was a, it was a fun time. Better or worse than the Globetrotters? Gosh, I, I actually have done Globetrotters too. Uh, I think this is probably better. I know. I probably, this is probably better than Globetrotters. It was fun. It was a good show. Uh, let me tell you. So, first off, follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, Eddie, let me tell you how I know that my son is my son. Uh, so we got uh, <laughs> Do you ever start off a
0: uh, sentence like that with your wife? No,
1: no, I, I don't Because she will kick you square in the nuts So we go to the show, right And, and we had gotten like VIP Like merchandise tickets, right So we got like We walked in and like Not only did we get a can of Dude Perfect beans Jalapeno and bacon <sighs> beans That's um, I, I, exciting I haven't eaten them yet I, I need to still eat my beans We also got a hat Now Just one hat? Well, each each of us got a hat. My father in law, okay. m- me, and uh, and
0: Drake. You made your father in law go to that?
1: He uh, he actually they actually gave it to him for Drake's birthday. So they actually flew out okay. to come to the uh, to the Dude Perfect show, and so uh, I don't need a Dude Perfect hat, Drake or Eddie. Uh, my father in law doesn't need a Dude Perfect hat.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't think so. So
1: my son, the entrepreneur, decided that he and they were selling that same hat for forty dollars. He decided that he would sell the other two. For twenty dollars to people that were trying to buy hats, so he sold two of our dude perfect hats to people that were. It's that he would wait till they saw someone like taking it, you know, at a merch stand like at a concert, right? Say, hey, I want to buy that hat, and as they're getting ready to bring it up, we go talk to them and say, hey, do you want to buy this hat? I'll give it to I'll give it to you for twenty. I just have an extra one, and
0: we sold both of them. He he is definitely the uh, fruit of your loins.
1: Can you can you imagine me
0: doing that? (laughs) Yes, I think I told you the story at BYU. When, Although, like, I think he undersold it. You would probably save it for later and sell it on eBay for 60. dollars
1: I mean, If you could. Uh, I mean, this goes back to my roots, right? I think like I'm seven years old or eight years old at the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. BYU's playing. And a friend of mine had said, hey, if you do you want to sell these tickets, I'll let you keep the profit. I said, okay. So I'm out there walking around Qualcomm Stadium back in the day saying, tickets. Who, who wants tickets? Who wants tickets? Uh, it's Is illegal. Is that legal in California? It's, it's not yeah. illegal. Uh, the police found me and took me back over and said, hey, can we, who, uh, where's your parents' And uh, they took me over to uh, my, my parents and had a conversation, uh, not with me, but with the person that had put me up to, to, to
0: sell the tickets. Yeah, that's hilarious. You know, I could have used uh, Drake and his entrepreneurial spirit on Saturday night because, you know, I like to buy the, um, the UFC event T-shirt yeah. if, they have a, if they have a good one. I learned my lesson when the UFC first came to Austin. I went, like, in the middle of the event to try and buy the shirt, all sold out. Probably one of the best shirts ever.
1: Yeah, it's a good one.
0: Yeah, so Saturday night, they had to have us escorted down to the uh, media room to, so we could find it. So after the second early prelim, the second early prelim, okay, second fight of the night. So I Nicole go conf-
1: Negamaranu.
0: Right after that one, before yeah. Justin Edwards, yeah. So I go up to the concourse to look for the shirt. It was a pretty decent shirt, USC 277, State of Texas, in like Mavericks colors. Sold out. I go to the next merch booth. Sold out. Sold out, sold out. All they had left was a tank top.
1: You're pretty good in
0: tank tops. I do, but uh, I'm not paying 35 bucks for it. Well, you know, 40 bucks for the t shirt is too much, but I'll pay that, not 35 for a tank top. But if someone had been selling me a t shirt, even if it was like 50, because it was all sold out, I probably would have taken it.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I didn't. Uh, I could have used him as well. I paid $55 to park at the Moody Center. What? $55 at the, uh, at the Maynard garage. Oh, my God. That $20, I said, that, that's actually going to go back to some of my parking.
0: I think that was your uh, penance for those illegal sales in San Diego. Yeah, I'm sure. You finally got, finally got punished.
1: Yeah, We hit Schlitterbahn what? this weekend. We hit uh, Dude Perfect. It was, it was a, good, uh, a good weekend.
0: Well, let me tell you, man, I was riding up, the, uh, up and down the road with Submission Stew. You know, he's now Submission Stew since he's been Suplex Stew and Super Bowl Stew. Uh, Hall of Fame stew. Turns out we get to the Crown Plaza on Saturday. They're like, oh, here you go. We've got you in the presidential suite. So now, presidential suite stew. Did you really now have Grant, It was not. Granted, how
1: come I didn't see a picture of this?
0: It was just a double room. Okay. So I don't know what was presidential about it, but the beds were pretty nice. But yeah, presidential suite stew. Hall of Fame stew. It was a fun ride. Uh, he drove the whole way, so I just paid for gas.
1: Is it, really, is it really a presidential suite if you have no, like, it's a crown. It's, it's like the crown royal. Uh, if there's crown no Plaza. chance of a president ever coming there.
0: Uh, if it's fit for a president. I'd say it could still be the presidential suite. This was not fit for the president. Maybe the president of the local Kiwanis Club or okay. something. Uh, yeah. president of the 4-H. Yes. Okay. That could be that, yeah. President of Fight Night. There we go.
1: No, that's, that's me. Uh, Eddie, Please. we talked about last week that you were going to try to avoid... Submission or uh, not submission, Stu, uh, Stu and <laughs> SummerSlam results. So, so, you know, I know Stu was going to be watching SummerSlam on press row. Did you get a chance? Did you did he sneak? Did he tell you what happened? Did he tell you about Brock Lesnar driving a forklift, lifting up the, uh, the cage?
0: He did not tell me. He did let us slip that Dakota Kai uh, made her debut. But he didn't tell me about Brock and the forklift or the tractor, whatever it was. But see, one of the reasons I didn't post as much on Instagram is because when I would go there, something would pop up. So at one point, I did post something. on a, I think I just posted something on our story, which you can still find our safe story, at FightNetATX on Instagram. And I just put up a photo dump uh, the other day. Um, but as soon as I post and it refreshes, all of a sudden, I see this ring being lifted up. I'm like, damn it. I can't even help it. I tried to stay off Twitter. I tried to stay off Instagram. Stu was sitting next to me. Luckily, there was the, uh, the cables running between us. So I yeah. had the, uh, the little riser. So instead of putting someone on it, they put Stu on the other side of it. So he had his phone to his left angled away from me. So, so I was doing a good job of avoiding it. Social media gets you every time. Yeah, I, did watch, but, I did
1: see you often on TV. So yeah. it, was, it, was, it was nice that even though I wasn't there, I could still feel your presence.
0: Hey, man, I'm here for the people. Uh, now, for those people, I left a... Uh, I left a lot of food in the fridge at the hotel and some clothes in the bathroom. Oh, good. Yeah. I left a pair of shorts and a pair of underwear okay. in the bathroom after my shower.
1: Not an orange shirt that you wear to every single UFC event?
0: No. Man, did I tell you about that, sh- that shirt? No. The first time I wore it, it was just because it didn't need ironing. But as the main, event, main card started, I started getting text messages. People that, hey, I see you there in your bright orange shirt. I was like, oh, right. I'm going to pull a John Morgan. Just wear this every time. Just so you can find me, Jordan. Always and do. And feel like we're part of a family here. Well,
1: and then you try to go tell people that you didn't plan that you were going to wear that. You know Stu's wearing orange. You know you're
0: wearing it. You guys planned it. You're in the car I did not together. Think about, I did not think about Stu's wardrobe. All now, right. when I got out of the got out of my Jeep at his place and he was already wearing his, I was like, oh, no. Well, that's the only shirt I brought, so we're going to be twins, Stu.
1: All good. Well, hey, let's talk UFC 277. We had the changing of the guard back to the old guard in both cases, in the— uh, In the main event and the co-main event, let's start right there. Amanda Nunez defeated Juliana Pena. Unanimous decision, 50-45, 50-44, and 50-43. It was a performance. It was a
0: great performance from Amanda Nunez. Amanda reminded the entire women's division of the UFC who their daddy is. She demolished Juliana Pena in a way that we haven't seen anyone do in a while. I mean, we've seen Shevchenko with some great finishes, but this was just an all-out beatdown. Uh, Let's say at least four rounds. First round was pretty good for Nunes, but after that, it was just a beatdown. Yeah, no,
1: I agree. And it was interesting. You know, we sat here last week and said, was the win over Juliana, Juliana Pena's win last time, was that a fluke? This was going to tell us, was that something that, uh, you know, was this a fluke? Did, did she really have Amanda's number? Is Amanda getting maybe a little bit older for the division? She's 34. She's got a family. Uh, maybe she's focusing on that. Maybe she's waking up in silk sheets, and that makes it difficult. And maybe she just didn't have it. And so we wanted to have these these questions answered for us. And and they certainly were, right? She, she changed they her were. camp. She moved away from at She had her own camp built around her. We thought that, you know, sometimes when someone loses a fight and they change their camp, they're just kind of looking for excuses. They're trying to find reasons as to why they're leaving. And and I was a little bit nervous for her that I, I didn't know if uh, if Juliana Pena kind of had her number, right, that Juliana Pena could start right where she left off, hitting those jabs, exhausting Amanda. But Amanda came out there, and and I mean, the odds were correct, right? The odds said that this was a fluke. She was still like a a minus 300 favorite going into this fight. And so it it just showed that Amanda Nunez, I mean, the way that she won was really remarkable as well. You're looking at those first two rounds. She got those three knockdowns in, uh, in that second round, and she never followed her to the ground once. She always let her get back up. And then the third round started, and that's when she took her down, and she wouldn't let her get up at all. It was just like a change, and she moved to the southpaw stance. Uh, It it was really interesting, and and to see kind of how Juliana was coming in, especially in that second round, chin up, kind of leading with these rights that that left her exposed and and susceptible to to getting hit, and getting hit is what she did.
0: Yeah, she got desperate, and Amanda showed great fight IQ, and that's the one thing you hear me gripe about all the time. If you're beating someone up on the feet, let them up. Keep beating them up on the feet, and that's what she did. And then as she told us in the presser, that it was all by plan. You know, get her uncomfortable with the, uh, with the southpaw switch, beat her up, and then switch once she's, once she's desperate about that and just thinking about getting punched in the face. Next thing you know, boom, takedown. And people have said, that oh, she was afraid to follow her to the ground in the first, first two rounds. I'm like, no, dummy. You're beating her up on the feet. Keep it up. And I was really smart of her. And the funny thing is, She was really deliberate with everything, too. I thought it was really interesting that before each round, all the way up to the fifth, they touched gloves before before the fight started. And to me, I think that showed, it kind of told Pena that she wasn't in Amanda's head, that she was uh, completely herself. And I think that was part of the unsettling process. That every time they came out and Pena just sees that, oh, she's ready to go. She is focused. And I think that was a mind game that she was playing. Amanda showed a lot of
1: patience in this fight, which is not what she did in the first one, right? She, uh, she had to in in the first fight. She just kind of let herself like bite down, and I'm gonna I'm gonna push through this, and I'm I'm gonna do this. This one, just like you said, right? Very high fight IQ, where she let her back up, where she changed game plans. It Very much like she showed that patience, and, and that and it really paid off in this fight. Uh, I, I think that you know you look back on on what do we do next, right? With with Julianna Pena and her. I know Juliana Pena is calling for a trilogy matchup, but how do you do that after a 50-44, 50-43? I mean, it was a domination and, and it kind of wipes out, unfortunately. I, I don't want to say like it it negates Juliana Peña winning the title, but it kind of does, right? The way that this happened, like you could say that maybe there was an issue, maybe that there was that issue that we heard about Amanda being sick or her knee or just training. Like I, this is this is this is not great for Juliana Pena. I mean, she's she's at the top of the division, but Amanda Nunez is just so far ahead of the rest of the division.
0: Yeah, and Amanda mentioned after the fight how, you know, we talk about how she had recovered from COVID before the, ne- before the last fight, but she hadn't really recovered. She spent half the training camp still in the recovery process. So and it was something I had thought beforehand that, you know, she was still suffering from the after effects. And, I mean, because we saw her go five rounds with uh, Shevchenko before, so we know that her gassing in the second round, was something strange. Right? Well, no, know we've
1: seen her gas too, right? The Katzingano fight. When Katzingano... We have. Uh, but we how long ago was yeah, that? that?
0: That was a long time ago. Exactly. So, like, we knew there was something different. And she just showed it. That this was not her. And it seems that Pena was... Um, like I said, she was desperate. She was just running in there. Just throwing wildly. Chin up. Because she knew that after that first round, that she was in trouble. Let me tell you, have you seen the videos and the GIFs on Twitter? I haven't. It's, it's bad. It's, I've, some people have said it's Ronda-level striking. I think that's a disservice to Ronda. It rem- reminded me a lot of Stipe knocking out Verdun for the heavyweight title. Except it wasn't a knockout, obviously. Yeah.
1: No, it, it, was, uh, it was interesting, and you wonder kind of what do you do next? Right. For for Amanda Nunez, who has really beat everybody. I, I, and I look back at this and I, and I don't think I mean, obviously, I know it's not a consecutive title defense, but I kind of look at it just, you know, take off another person in that division. It's just yeah, real quick, George.
0: Would you? I had a debate with the guy at work today. I'm like, does this make Juliana Pena more of a Matt Sarah or a Holly Holm? Uh,
1: I would say a Matt Sarah, because I think if you put Holly Holm against Ronda, I think she beats her again. Good, good point. What Great did you say?
0: Right there. I thought that, saying uh, Collier met Sarah was was kind of a disrespect job to Julia, Juliana. But it kind of remains to be seen. See how she uh, rebounds from this. But she's still pretty young. I just
1: don't see, you, you look at like, so, so last time we saw this fight, we said, you know, last week I said, I think I told Chad Hastings, this was a will versus skill last time. And Juliana won by will. She outwilled Amanda in the last fight. We still didn't think that she had the skills. We didn't think that she was a more skilled fighter than Amanda. But thought that, hey, she could break her will, and maybe she could do it again. This time, Amanda was able to put the will and the skill together, and that's what really you know had such a great performance, right? I just don't know how. How do you
0: put this fight together for a third time? Especially, you can't do it right away. I don't think you do at all. I mean, unless she beats like three or four people and works her way back up. I mean, I've heard people saying that it was uh, – it was close but it was a domination. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense at all. And I didn't hear the commentary, but apparently they were saying that uh, it was kind of close. She, she, uh, Pena attempted some submissions, but she maybe once had something that was close to being trouble.
1: The armbar was the closest in the fourth round. Now, yeah. the om- Omoplata's, they were never kind of right in the right spot. Now, she was very active from her ground. And I think the 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 commentary was saying that, that she was active, that she was looking at this. And, I mean, it was remarkable, right, that she was able, to uh, you know, a black belt like Amanda Nunez, for her to be able to scramble and get to these submissions and threaten them. Now, she wasn't able to finish them, which… You know, that happens. Uh, but, I mean, that was impressive. And, and she took a lot of punishment, especially from those elbows on top. Um, I mean, Juliana Pena, I, mean, I think Dana White had told you guys that, you know, she's going to have plastic surgery. Um, I mean, yeah, it was a brutal fight.
0: Yeah, no, she came back and said that no plastic surgery was needed, so just uh, some stitches, I guess. And she did a lot of damage herself. You know, um, Amanda Nunes' face was pretty messed up herself. But it was by no means close. Yeah, and we no. do not need to see another... Another uh, one of these for a while.
1: So, what do you do, right? Amanda, I you have Caitlin Vieira, who is she's currently ranked two. She's got wins, you know, back to back over Holly Holm. Although that was very controversial; it was a split decision. I think most, you know, most media members uh, that, were, that that voted on that one, they had it, you know, eighteen out of the twenty that I saw on like MMA decisions, they had picked Holly Holm to be a winner. That that wasn't the case, so it doesn't matter. Uh, she has one of her Misha Tate. I mean, maybe you do that one. Well, what, what would you do?
0: I'm all for that because I know. There's so many people still clamoring for the Shevchenko number three. And I've told you before, I don't need to see that.
1: What about at 130 pounds for the women's BMF, like Michael Bisping said on Monday?
0: First off, I don't know if Nunes could make 130. But secondly, I just like having two badasses running their divisions. Why do you need to knock one down just for... And, and it's not going to make that much money in the first place. So why? I think it's pointless.
1: Well, I just think there's a. I still want that fight. I think so. That's a fight. Dana White actually seemed to be a little bit more open to that fight. Didn't didn't just crap on it like he usually does. Says actually that's not a bad idea. I'm not gonna say I'm doing it, but it's not a bad idea.
0: Right. Hey, would would that a 130 fight? Would that be for the uh, the BFF?
1: Maybe. Maybe that would be. <laughs> You'd also be my BFF. Um, well, what
0: what's the M stand for? for BMF.
1: The, she is a mother.
0: Yeah. But
1: both of them are mothers, Eddie.
0: Yeah, that's why it's not the BMF; it's a BFF. Well, what's the opposite of a mother? Well, um,
1: I don't. I don't think we should go to this one on Amanda. (laughs) I just want to see how uncomfortable I I, I, I can make because I think it works still for Amanda. Uh, Oh, Jordan! (laughs) Yikes! All right, Eddie, let's go to the co-main event. Brandon Moreno is the new. Interim title. If you ask Joe Rogan earlier in the night, he's actually probably the real champion. Joe Rogan crapping all over Devis and Figueroa, saying he's never going to come back, and he views this as the real title fight. I don't. You know, you know Moreno said Devis that in the press,
0: he's like, he's like, he doesn't look like he's uh, in this weight class.
1: Well, he's not coming back until uh, at least December. But this was interesting, right? Because I, I got to feel bad for kai Car France. He was they were tied going into the third round. So um, I had a one-one, w- and one judge had it 2-0 for Car France. The other judge had it 2-0 for Moreno, and then the other judge had it split 1-1. So they were tied on the scorecards, and I thought that Moreno was getting pieced up in that third round. Kai Car France was really good. don't know about really
0: pieced good. up, but he was winning. Yeah, France was winning third round. He was winning. Round.
1: I mean, he had caught him. I mean, he looked good, and then he just I kept was his- starting
0: to wonder if it was that moment in uh, when you're facing a city kickboxing guy where they adjust to your adjustments. That's how Volkanovski ends up winning like the rounds 3, 4 and 5 all the time. So I thought we were kind of getting to that moment. And then, whew, body kicks from hell. Yeah. I mean, and that just one body
1: kick. I mean, that liver kick right there that just kind of snaps and catches you, man, just, just a rough way to go. Uh, and from cage side, I can see how red Francis ribs were. Yeah. I saw that as well. There's some good pictures of it. Uh, after the fight, they bring in Devis and into the cage. Uh, both men actually really respectable. They you were know, they, really... don't, they
0: haven't done that in forever.
1: That was think uh, maybe the last time it was Brock. And, uh, after he was brought in for, for, oh, DC, for DC at UFC yeah. 226. So it's obviously, you know, almost 51 pay-per-views later. Uh, that was, uh so that was interesting. Uh, you know, Figgy says that he wants to fight him in Brazil, but he can't go in December. So maybe this is a first quarter of 2023 when they go together. Do you think that Brandon Moreno, obviously now with James Krause, Glory MMA, has he done enough? Do you see enough out of his game that he's going to be able to beat Devin Figueredo now?
0: I think so. I mean, we've seen it before, and I think he's still, you can still see that he's improving and that body kick showing power that you didn't really know he had. And Figueredo, I don't want to say he's a one-trick pony, but it's basically his power that sets him above everyone else in the flyweight division because of his size. And if he has a bad weight cut like he has before, it lights out pretty quickly. Yeah, no, that, that'll be interesting.
1: I'm obviously looking forward to that. Uh, Eddie, I feel bad for you, right? Because I know you picked Brandon Moreno who's going to be the champion. Uh, they might not be able to fight this year. That would be rough.
0: Man, it's something, especially this uh, Saturday night showed it. My pick's just bad timing, dude. They'll okay. both be, uh, Ankolaev Ankula, and Moreno could both be the champ by like February.
1: Good news is you did pick that Amanda would be the champion, At 135 pounds.
0: I told you, dude. It was all COVID lungs.
1: Bad news is you picked Kayla Harrison would be the champion at 145 pounds, and she definitely won't be in the promotion this year.
0: Ah, man. I tell you what. That upset me. Yeah. And that's the only fight worth making at 145. Amanda talks about defending her 145 belt next, but... There's literally nobody. Yeah,
1: Uh, Something else that should upset you. Maybe maybe Holly
0: can fight at 145, and then Caitlin Vieira can fight at 135.
1: Okay. Something else that should upset you... Eddie, Derek Lewis, losing in Texas again. Am I his bad luck charm? He, you are, you are. Have you been to all his losses in Texas?
0: I I think so. I would blame you. You would. You would.
1: What'd you think? What'd you think of that stoppage?
0: It hurt to see, but it's hard to blame the ref with the way that uh, Lewis fell. You know, when you face plant like that, it doesn't matter who the referee is, what size you are. When you face plant like that, nine times out of ten, they're going to call the match. Yeah. If if he'd have popped up as fast as he did after it got stopped, he'd have been all right. If he got there before uh, Mergliato was able to step in. But part of the reason he was able to pop up like he did was because Mergliato pulled Pavlovich off of him. So, love Lewis, but, man, I can't blame the ref on this one.
1: Just don't fight in Texas anymore, Derek. Just get out of Texas. Um,
0: yeah, they—they, they, I think they got to pay him uh, handsomely for it. So, there you go. Uh, Alexandre Ooh.
1: Pantoja, good win over Alex Perez. Man. Great night to get that win as well. Uh, Magomed Ankaleev, he defeats Anthony Smith. It looks like uh, Smith broke his ankle. Gonna have surgery.
0: I think they came out in the presser and said that it w- there was no fracture. I think it came out. So
1: uh, it came out later th- this week. It did come out that he did have. Did uh, yeah, he did break his uh, his ankle. He's gonna okay. have surgery.
0: Yeah, it's like I've had I've had that before where I thought it was broken. It was just a really, really severe sprain because it uh, turned in a direction it's not supposed to go. But, yeah, I mean, that's sad because that could have been such a good fight. And yep. w- it feels like the, the, the first three fights of the main card, we didn't really learn anything. And that's a little upsetting. Yeah, I mean,
1: Pantoja, right? I mean, he looked he looked great, but I mean, he did. But it was so quick
0: that I think he just caught Perez off guard. So I'm not really sure what we saw. How but about, I mean, it was a good win.
1: Yeah. How about if they do Yeri versus Glover? They do Magomed versus Jan. That's fun. I would like that. Uh, a couple other ones. Drew Dober defeats uh, Rafael Alves and then
0: Alex Morono. Dude, did, did you, you see Alves dancing? No, I did not see his dancing. Go back and watch that second round. Actually, I, Actually, at this moment, it's on our Instagram story. Okay. By the time you hear this, it'll be gone, but I'll see if I can save it in the uh, 277 highlight. But yeah, Alves uh, did a little bob and weave, and it was great. It was very Anderson Silva esque. And then when Dober backs off, <laughs> he does a little shuffle, and it was the moment of the night, man. Nice. I laughed my butt off at Kate side. And I know I was trying to be professional, but I couldn't. Couldn't hold it right then.
1: All right. Alex Morono defeats Matthew Semmelsberger by decision. Uh, and then, Eddie, tell us, uh, you know, uh, one of the things I love about being in the arena, right, is you, you get to cat pick up on a few things um, that maybe other people don't see, right? I was waiting for Michael Irvin to jump in, jump in the, uh, the cage. It sounds like he wasn't there. But who was there?
0: Yeah, Jason Witten was there. Okay. Uh, Mike Tyson was there. Keith Lee, AEW Tag Team Champion, former Aggie defensive lineman, I believe. Did he come NXT over and talk champion? to Stu? He didn't. The way that they have it set up, you know, Stewart would have had to go, like, completely around the arena to get to a guy that's, like, 100 feet that way. Yeah. You, you know what it, you know how it is. Um, you know, Mike Tyson was walking around with a walking stick. I don't want to call it a cane because he wasn't really using it, but uh, maybe it's just to keep the, uh, air, the airplane guy six feet away from him. I don't know. Possibly. Was, uh, before the fight started, they gave us a sneak peek of the new Nosebleed show on UFC Fight Pass featuring the Sklar brothers, basically... Mystery Science Theatering, uh, UFC 1. That was pretty fun, so that should be a good show if you want to catch up with that. And lastly, the funniest thing, the second belt that Amanda had in the ring, in the cage, not her belt. She did not bring her own belt. UFC supplied that one. And even for the press conference, that was their belt. And after it was over, I look up, and they're wrapping the belt in a blanket and putting it in a trash bag, Jordan. UFC belt in a trash bag. This is not a Lundra Blaze. This is not Medusa. It's not even Corey Jade. Apparently someone had already packed the belt bag, and they borrowed a blanket from one of the truck drivers to wrap the belt in to get it back home.
1: You only get that information from being there, Eddie. Thank you for sharing that.
0: Hey, man. Hey, you belt. All right. All (laughs) right, (laughs)
1: guys. (laughs) Well, you guys are listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn. Hornfm.com. We will be right back.
0: It's What's Up With That. Woke up this morning and I got out of bed. Had a big old cup of coffee to clear my head. Been home for a while and that's where I'm at. But we can still jam on
1: What's Up With That. Ooh. we What's up with that? What's up with that? Ooh. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? You, yeah.
0: Woo! Yeah. Welcome back to Fight Night on 1049 the Horn, hornfm.com. I'm Eddie. That's Jordan. And, Jordan, before we get to the news, I don't want to scare you. But did you hear that SNL? Might end after the 50th season.
1: No, I had not heard that.
0: Yeah, uh, Lauren Michaels is—he's uh, determined to go through uh, what like three more years to 25, 50. But after that, it's up in the air. No, twenty, the 2025. Okay. After that, it's up in the air. That is really interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to bring you down. I mean, I'm kind of sad that's... about
1: that. That would be that would be terrible. Eddie, did you hear what about, about so- the uh, the baseball player on Monday? I think it was he was uh, he plays for the Red Sox. He was playing Christian Vasquez. He was playing in Houston. And, uh, you know, the trade deadline was coming. He actually got traded before the game. He was taking batting practice, <laughs> traded by the Red Sox to the Astros.
0: So he just. I knew lo- there was a trade. I didn't realize it was like that. So he just walked over to the other they side are of the ruthless over there, man. Can you
1: imagine that? If you, if, hey, I'm, you're actually on this team
0: now. <laughs> uh, we're going to need you to get out. Where am I going? Just over there. Yeah. You actually, you, you, you can go try to buy a house here, actually. You, you literally got to go clean out your locker and take all your stuff to the other dugout. You know what the worst part is? What's that?
1: Got to live in Houston. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's gotta, hot here, but gotta it's gotta play hot, for the hot muggy over there. It's muggy over there. But, you know, at least you got an indoor stadium. You get, you get uh, what, Space City jerseys? I did I see that. I said you posted about those. Yeah, does Boston have anything cool like that? I don't know. I don't like Boston. Like, I don't that. Yeah. No one does. No one does. All right, speaking of things people don't like, Jordan, Jake Paul versus Hasim Rachman Jr. is off. The whole thing at MSG is off. What's up with that?
1: Yeah, so Jake Paul's promotion, most valuable productions, maybe it's was a promotion, MVP, uh, they released yeah, a statement LVP. last week that, uh, that Hasim had failed to make the weight requirement. Uh, so they were supposed to fight at 200 pounds. Hasim was doing a weekly weight check. So they had, the New York Athletic Commission had had him, you know, submit a a weekly weight check to make sure that he was on pace for for losing the weight. And so I think a few weeks ago he weighed in at 216 pounds and then three weeks later he, he submitted his next weight and he weighed 215 pounds. And so he'd lost one pound. And so the the commission makes me feel better about my weight loss. The commission came out and said, Hey, that's not going to work, right? You have, you can't just lose one pound. This is no longer going to be safe for you to lose that much weight that quickly. So they said they're no longer going to allow this fight to happen unless it was contracted to change to fight, to fight at 205 pounds. Uh, Jake Paul's team, they said that, Hey, they decided, okay, we'll do it. We will, um, you know, we'll fight 205 pounds and so they said that, but they put a big stiff penalty. I think he was going to lose 25% of his purse for every pound over he was. Rockman's team wouldn't accept it because they said, hey, he's actually going to weigh 215 pounds at uh, come weigh-in day. So that's not going to work. So Jake Paul and his team said, okay, well, then this is not going to happen. We're not going to do it. And they canceled the fight and they canceled everything. Uh, obviously, you know, this is, this is interesting. You know, Rockman, he was out like, hey, how are you going to? You're going to blame this on me when you guys cancel the event. Why am I – I didn't even get a chance to weigh in. How come you're checking my weight every week? Well, I mean, it's part of the contract, I guess. Uh, But, you know, it's kind of a bummer, right? Because this is a fight that would have been really interesting to see. Uh, This would have been a big step up in competition for Jake Paul. Who knows if he he would have won this fight. And so, gosh, this would have answered a lot of questions.
0: It would have. And it was funny. They asked uh, Dana about it Saturday night. And he didn't want to gloat about it. But he says – what do you say? That, uh, yeah, they probably realized that they didn't sell nearly as many tickets as they needed, and it cost half a million just to turn on the lights at the Garden. Yeah. So Paul's probably looking for the first thing he could use to get, it, get out of it. And that's not out of the realm of possibility. But on the other hand, you know, Rockman is at fault for not being professional, not adhering to the contract, apparently not reading the contract. So that's pretty bad by itself. But Jake Paul... He's trying every trick of the book to stack the, decks in, the deck in his favor, making a guy that fights at heavyweight cut all the way down to 200 to cruiserweight. Rockman was someone who said he wanted to go for the Bridgerweight title, which is uh, 224 pounds. So Jake Paul is asking him to cut another 24 pounds to meet his, his uh, cruiserweight limit, just so he can stack the deck in his favor, because he knows He's uh, severely outgunned in this match.
1: I mean, Jake Paul fights at 190 pounds, right? He's never fought over that. And so uh, and for the amount of money that they we're going to pay him, you know, you, you, I don't think you could blame you know, Jake Paul and his team for trying to put Rockman, for getting Rockman to agree to a contract. I mean, that, that's, that's his. I mean, he agreed to it, right? Well, you know, if you
0: want to fight at 190 pounds, find another cruiserweight. Yeah, no, that's true. Don't pick a heavyweight and say, hey, we're going to need you to cut 50 pounds. But we'll
1: pay you $2 million. Right. Eddie, come on. If I hey. you you could how much weight could you lose for two million dollars?
0: Oh, I could lose a lot, but I've got a lot to lose. Yes. Okay. Now get a professional athlete who is already up here and always cuts down to this point, and ask him to cut another twenty pounds past that. It might not be anything left. Most of these most of these guys cut as much as possible in the first place, so can't blame him for not wanting to get down that far. But read your contract, man. You got bad management. Now. It looks like the UFC is leaning towards Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. Put that in my veins, Jordan. What's up with
1: that? Yeah, we talked a few weeks ago about the scuffle that happened at UFC 276 in the crowd between Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier, uh, and so this was you know they, they kind of got into it. And, and Michael Chandler, he was in London last week, and he was asked about, hey, what, what was what happened, right? What was going on? And he explained his side of the story that that Dustin was just kind of on one, right? He, he didn't have many nice things to say about Dustin Poirier, that he was really trying to uh, kind of pick a fight, that you know, those are the only guys that aren't matched up yet. Now, who knows exactly what really started this and, and if Dustin's at fault or Chandler's at, at fault. Uh, but it seems that it makes sense, right? If I was the UFC, I would want these guys to fight, right? There's all these other matchups in the division. These are guys that have gone back and forth at each other in the media. Uh, they both have this kind of scuffle that happened at UFC 276 that they can use. Chandler says he doesn't really want the fight, he's he said that you know p- trying to like get in my face is definitely not the way that you'd get a fight with me. Uh, but on top of that, you know he is kind of like, hey, this guy's number two, and he's kind of always a bridesmaid, never a bride. And what you know is that really going to help me get there? But let me, let me give me a break. If you put Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier at MSG, we talked about MSG last. Oh. You put them in MSG. That's oh. amazing. That that would be fantastic.
0: That would be fantastic. I saw Poirier speaking about this a while. It uh, was last week, I think. And he said, um, he didn't say what it was about, but he said, if I have a problem with someone, I'm not going to sit on social media and tweet about it. When I see you, it's on. I'm bring it up. It's and apparently on. that's what he did. And not so much it's on, but he's going to tell you how he feels about you. Well, he's a thug, so thug, that's he's what he a thug did.
1: jitsu fighter. That's what thug jitsu fighters do. He is
0: a thug jitsu fighter. Yeah, they don't stand back. Uh, off topic, Jordan, uh, I finally marinated some wings in Pori's hot sauce last week. Pretty good. I was afraid the, uh, the wing wouldn't hold the flavor. It does pretty good okay i gotta get a new bottle though i'm, I'm excited.
1: Out. yeah thanks for the invite
0: um you bet A hey, one championship just assigned a uh, top Polish prospect they can invite you there what's up with that yeah
1: so robert robocop Soldic is he's a two division ksw champion uh, and he decided to sign with one fc uh, he's the current well i guess he's the former now uh middleweight and welterweight champion over in ksw uh his 170 pound win though, actually was over the number 14th ranked ufc contender drikus Duplessis. uh and so that's, a, you know, that's not a bad win. Uh, he's 27 years old. He's 23. and three. He has a split decision loss, though, early in his career to Bellator champion Yaroslav Amoslav. And, uh, and so it's interesting. He said that he wanted to go to 1FC because, A, they are the biggest organization, martial arts organization in the world. And they would still give him a chance to fight in kickboxing and other kind of combat sports. He ended up going to a Bellator show, show. He went to a UFC show. Uh, and in the end, yeah, he, he decided to sign with 1FC.
0: They're probably also paying him more guaranteed, too. Let's not leave that part out. Yeah. He says he wants to fight I mean, Eddie Alvarez. Ooh, that's good. I mean, he's probably not getting paid a, like a milk boy, milk boy but um, I guarantee he's getting more than Patty. Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, Jordan, hit us with some new fights. All right, so this is a banger.
1: Edson Barbosa versus Ilya Topuria. is 12-0. Uh, Barbosa obviously been around for a long time. They're fighting UFC Fight Night October 29th and then mohammed mukayev versus malcolm gordon now mukayev just fought i think at london it was kind of a, he had a ton of takedowns but it was kind of a boring fight he's young he is he's going to be a, a problem uh, so keep getting this guy fights i want to see this guy on as many cards as possible uh, but Eddie, that's new fights guys that is what it's up with that you're listening to fight night on 104.9 the horn hornfm.com and we will be right back
0: until next time hey hey hey
1: What's up with that? What's up with that? Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com. That is Eddie. I am Jordan. You can follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram on Facebook. Well, Eddie, Coke Fest twenty twenty two is back for a fifth year this Friday and Saturday, August fifth and sixth at the Huddle Park at Brushy Creek. Uh it's gonna be a good one. You get the Turnpike Troubadours, Clint Black, Robert Earl keen Aaron Watson. Uh there's low tickets alert, there's still available uh some VIP tickets. Eddie, I might be out there as well, so you gotta go check it out. Go to Cokefest.com to check it out. Uh fifth anniversary, so that's exciting.
0: Let me say I've been a Clint Black fan since high school, so
1: that's always fun. There you go. All right, Eddie. Well, speaking of, you know, this weekend, Saturday night, UFC on ESPN forty. Also, the Tough Finale. Now, Eddie, please just take us through like your perspective on this season of Tough. Like, just take us through every episode that you watched.
0: Well, let me tell you, the heavyweights are heavyweights, and they are banging. The women's flyweights, they're fast, they're exciting. How much, Back to you Jordan? How much
1: did you watch? How many? <laughs> how much time? How many episodes of The Ultimate Fighter did you watch this season?
0: Uh, counting uh, this coming Saturday? One. Okay. Are you going to watch
1: are you saying you're going to watch this Saturday? Sure. Okay. I had not Got watched this
0: Sakai far. Sakai, Survey Spivak, Ariane Lipsky versus Priscilla Cachuera, Sergio yes. Santos, Jamal Hill. Those guys aren't the, the, games, the, uh, the,
1: the tough finale people, though.
0: I, I, I was, I was kind of skipping around a little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, I do want to see uh, Kamar Usman's brother.
1: Yeah, because he's Kamar Usman's brother, but that's the only reason. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also, he could be the ultimate fighter, man. He He might be. His brother could be the. His brother could be pound for pound number one, and he could uh, be the ultimate fighter. Did you hear that, Amanda Nunes said that
1: uh, while she was, um, what she learned about Juliana Pena doing tough is that she's thought that Juliana Pena was weird. That's it. Uh, In the main event, though, Eddie, this week you've got if she's anything like her striking, yeah, yeah, Uh, you got Tiago Santos, kind of on the skid, right? He's he's on a little bit of a skid. Uh, he's taking on Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill, kind of on not on a skid, opposite of a skid. Uh, did you see that? Remember that knockout that he had over Johnny Walker, where Johnny Walker fell pretty much like a tree. He catches him, and Johnny <laughs> Walker just kind of like
0: loses it and then falls straight over. Uh, I actually just saw a replay of that uh, earlier today, and I was like, that is probably the second best fall for a knockout behind Edson Barboza and Terry Adam. Oh yeah, that that one is a good one.
1: Uh, he's got first round finishes, first round, you know, KOs over Johnny Walker and Jimmy Crute. On the flip side, at Thiago Silva or Thiago Santos, he's got a yeah, loss to run, Magomed Ankalaev. He does have a win over Johnny Walker, but before that, a loss to Alexander Rakic, a loss to Glover Teixeira, a loss to John Jones. We know he had that knee injury. Uh, and so he's been had some stuff going on, but this will be a fun fight. Guys that can finish people, guys that will hopefully stand and bang. Uh, a guy that has a hammer tattooed on his chest. I mean, that's always exciting, right? Yeah.
0: It's, it's a majeta. But yeah, losing four out of your last five—that's got to be bad on your psyche. Now they, were, like you said, they were pretty. They were names, you know, champion, future champion, um, eh, on his way. My pick for next champion. Yeah. So it's not like he's losing to, you know, Jake Paul's out here. But yeah, that's tough.
1: No, not at all. In uh, the co-main event, actually, is pretty good too. I actually like this, and I know you might disparage it, but Vicente Luque, ranked number Let's... six, Jeff Neal, uh, who was a it was a top ten fighter at one point. I think he's ranked thirteenth right now. Uh, Luque is coming off of that loss to Bilal Muhammad, and uh, and Jeff Neal, he's coming off a win over Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, this is another fun fight to kind of see. We, actually, I want to see where Jeff Neal is and like what his if he can kind of get things back on track.
0: That's exactly what I was thinking. Our fellow Texan here fighting out of Harker Heights. Um, he's, um, he lost two out of his last three, but he won the last one. So it seems like it's kind of coming back. Had a split decision over Santiago Ponzanibio, yep. who was no joke. So it's, it kind of feels like he's getting things back on track, but he hasn't fought since December. So it it remains to be seen.
1: Yeah, we mentioned that it's the heavyweight finale. You got Zach Bauga versus Mohamed Usman. uh, And then the women's flyweight, Brogan Walker versus Juliana
0: Miller. Uh, I could have sworn that was a man's name when I first saw that. Yeah. Brogan? I can see that.
1: Uh, Named your daughter Brogan? Augusto Sakai versus Sergey Spivak. But I want to actually go down to the, uh, the prelim cards. Terrence McKinney. Tears McKinney, always a fun fighter, always brings exciting fights. Uh, so I'm excited to see kind of uh, I'm excited to see him. Uh, other thing, real quick, Eddie, I just wanted to mention that the PFL. The PFL is now starting the playoffs. Yes, it's playoff time. And they're gonna be, so this week, I think they're in, I think in Atlanta this week, or are they in New York? I think they might be in New York. And then they're going New York. to the UK. So the next two shows are gonna be. In the UK. But this show, gosh, I mean, I, I wish there was some more fights on here, but it maybe just shows kind of how shallow um the playoffs are. You got Anthony or Pettis. Also
0: they're not gonna make you take all night. Yeah.
1: You got Anthony Pettis versus Stevie Ray. Uh, this is a rematch from just like five weeks ago, right? Stevie Ray defeats Anthony Pettis via body triangle. Uh, but then uh, you have Olivier Aban Mercier. Uh, versus Alex Martinez, Joss Silvera, versus Omari Akhmedov, and the guy with the, remember he's, he's the, the guy he's the guy with the bag, and in uh, at UFC in Abu Dhabi who, who jumped out of the building. Um, but that's what's going to be. That. I know you know I'm not going to let him live that one down. Um, no, no, you shouldn't. So that'll be fun. I mean, I wish we were saying Eddie, there was going to be boxing this weekend that we would see Jake Paul. Uh, that's not happening. So we will have to just. I, get I'm not going to say that.
0: I'm not going to say that. Oh. There's other boxing around. Just look for it. You'll find it. There you go. But I'm not going to be sad about missing Jake Paul.
1: All right. Well, guys, stay tuned. Sports guys talking wrestling with Stu Myrick, Justin Simmons. Coming up next, he's probably going to recap his experience at UFC 277 as well. Yes. We are proud to be the MMA show of Texas. So tell your friends, follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook.
0: Be safe. Be nice to each other. Stay positive and love your life. And if we ever didn't, thank you. Let us do it now. Happy trails to you, till we meet again.